Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Late Night Drives podcast. We are going to be discussing the Dutch Grand Prix which uh, took place at Zandvoort. We have Sukriti here to help us out. Hi Sukriti, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. What did you think of this race? Do you think it actually matched up to the hype behind it, you know, with the banked corners and the promised action we were uh, uh, promised? <laughs> Uh, so I think uh, you know if you compare it to uh, last week's race at Spa race in quotation marks, which was two laps behind a safety car, uh, I would say this was most certainly a very action-packed race. In comparison, anything compared to that is <laughs> going to be a more action-packed but, race. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you were a Max fan, this was a great, great race to watch. Um, I think for everybody else, it was a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, the most exciting um, bits of action in this race were the team radio. So that just <laughs> goes to tell you uh, how exciting um, this is. I would was. also uh, say the first lap. The first lap was extremely exciting, you know, seeing like three, four cars at one time on that yeah. turn three band yeah. corner. That I thought was actually really brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and Alonso had a phenomenal start to the Grand Prix, making up three places, bumping into both uh, Giovinazzi and Ocon on the way. Yeah. You know, he how, seems to be making a habit of like great opening laps. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I think the race itself after that first initial lap was uh, quite a bit boring. I mean, it was more, uh, it was more of a train than anybody expected, and and it sort of became more about strategy and like you know who was doing what. It was actually more boring than Monaco, which is actually saying something if you ask me. Um, but yes, yeah, so speaking of like the radio messages, uh, what do you make of that uh, radio message from Mercedes to Bottas, you know, on lap 18 where they said, at this pace, you won't even interact with the leaders. Yeah, I think uh, Mercedes and uh, Bottas were giving each other farewell gifts in the form of uh, the team radio. So that burn came from Mercedes and um, Bottas sort of gave it back with the, his uh, aborted attempt at the fastest lap towards the end of the the, the race. I mean aborted um, again being in like quotation marks right? Because he went purple yeah, uh, yeah. in sector 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it required another Valtteri, it's James uh, uh, appearance. Uh, so, so yeah. Speaking of team radio, we got the famous message from uh, Hamilton saying that his tyres are you know disintegrating i think that was like what eight laps in he said one yeah. of my tires aren't like gonna last. last yeah um, um and and he said that like seven or eight times so it wasn't just um once this time around yeah i think he i think this is the most i've heard lewis hamilton complain over one race <laughs> about his car or his race or the tires you know, there was something or the other he had a constant problem with. Yeah. I'm just shocked he didn't complain about the smoke and lack of visibility also in the car. I don't think he could have done that. I think he was trying to be really supportive of the Dutch fans, uh, given that they were all there for Max. Uh, I, I don't think any driver could come out and even though they were asked in the post-race conference if the smoke was interfering, I mean, their replies were really um, like politically correct in that sense. Yeah, I mean, you can't expect Max to say the smoke was bothering him, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah, but uh, Max um, uh, won the race and won, I think, all of our hearts when he asked, uh, uh, is uh, Lewis complaining about something? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, over that was radio. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he just, uh, over, over the last, like, what, 
ten laps, he pulled out a five-second lead over Hamilton, yeah. and like he couldn't believe it. I think himself, and that's what he was wondering about. But yeah, it it, it was uh, kind of uh, hilarious uh, to hear that. Just but, a few, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was saying, but we should talk about the race uh, and not just radio. Yeah, I I know that coming that that's where I was also heading. Like coming back to the race, uh, it was really a race of um, not much action and not that much to talk about. But there were a couple of things. One was um, Gasly put in an excellent performance. You know, he qualified P four and. Held for, on to that P four firmly. Yeah, for once didn't have like luck going against him, right? Yeah. Where there was an opening lap incident or something that uh, prevented him from getting that P four. Yeah. And you know the team also responding with like a good pit stop, uh, calling like the right strategy, and that that worked out really well. Basically, Gasly doing everything the second Red Bull driver should be doing. Absolutely, right? absolutely, oh. <laughs> Gasly most certainly doing everything. Ah, uh, that the uh, second Red Bull driver should be doing. And, and speaking of the second Red Bull driver, Perez actually, ah, uh, starting from the pit lane, actually managed to overtake a whole bunch of people. Ah, uh, even though he had to pit early, um, because his ah uh, he he didn't take good care of his hard tires. Yeah, he flash spotted them trying to overtake Nikita Mazepin, I think. Yeah, ah, uh, he ended up uh, finishing in P eight, and by his own words, he could have easily finished in uh, P six. So, uh, for for a for a track that was uh, deemed difficult to overtake on, Perez uh, did do a stellar performance with that and actually got voted driver of the day. I think Perez, his problem is that he does not perform on Saturdays. Yeah. I don't understand why. Like, I I don't know if he just doesn't have that speed over one lap, but he has that immense confidence in himself that even from like the pit lane he can. Make do something up. like to yeah. to make up. I, I think even when he won last year, at one point he was pretty much in last place, and he like yeah his came, first race win came from last place to first place. yeah last place yeah. to first place yeah. right. So yeah, I, I think that's historically how Perez has uh, shown his performance. I suppose yeah. or shown his character, but yeah. I don't think it was particularly a great weekend for him. Like through practice, through qualifying, he was really like. I think half a second off the pace uh, of his teammate, and anyway, like you said, the second Red Bull driver showing his pace, which is uh, uh, Gasly. Uh, the other uh, person I want to talk about was George Russell, who unfortunately missed out in Q3, and then the last, I think, fifth lap from the end, he had a yeah had yeah. to retire his yeah. car. So this weekend not really working out so much for him as. Last weekend, did yeah. I mean I think his quali lap and uh, subsequently his like podium finish in Spa was like an exception. But yeah, I think he's somebody that uh, gets it perfect on Saturday and maybe not so much on Sunday. Yeah. So the inverse of uh, Perez. Uh, Perez, exactly, yeah. exactly, right. And um, again, Giovinazzi had a strong qualifying. He qualified P seven. Yeah. But I think he. Uh, He was the loser in that first lap round of overtakes that uh, between Definitely. him, Alonso, he and Ocon. Yeah, he ended up P ten, and 
again i don't think he ever uh, got his race going you know ended up having to pit uh, i think a bunch of times a puncture uh, oh sorry he had a puncture right right he had a puncture towards the end of the race which is why he ended up pitting uh, one more time than that was needed. really necessary yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah that really not helping his race and i think he finished uh, what 16th i'd like to say just ahead of uh, his uh, teammate uh, who was standing in 14th he finished just ahead of kubitsa yeah. standing in for raikkonen yeah uh and uh, i also wanted to speak about ocon and alonso yeah uh, ocon uh, of course being uh, a race winner from uh, hungary yeah. and uh, uh, coming onto the radio and saying that he's much faster than alonso and wanting to uh, sort of claim his position back only for alonso to turn around and be like well i can be fast yeah. i've just been um, conserving my tires yeah so it's nice to see that uh, healthy bit of uh, rivalry battle between those two teammates and Uh, Alonso actually did manage to finish uh, three places ahead of um, Ocon. Alonso finished uh, P6 um, overtaking Carlos Sainz on the last lap of the race. Yeah, I mean it's it's great to see Fernando back to his uh, uh, you know best, right? Like I, I think he's extracting the maximum from that Alpine and yeah. you say healthy rivalry, <laughs> I say uh fernando basically saying that okay look this team is still under my control <laughs> i'm the number one here you are still the rookie you have a lot to learn from me yeah. you know that that's that's what i say he is doing yeah but uh, anyway and i think the last person that i really want to discuss was uh, vettel and how poor of a weekend he had you know yeah. uh, not making it out of q1 in qualifying that was okay that was an incident with the that was because of the incident with the hard drivers yeah. where he was uh, impeded or whatever but uh, i mean he spun on lap 37 of the race at the banking at turn 3 when there was nobody around him it was just he made a mistake and he almost took out valtteri bottas <laughs> because of that spin yeah. right there was great some great reactions from bottas to pick actually the right direction going right on top of the banking to avoid that yeah But yeah, quite a, a pathetic weekend for uh, I think Vettel. Yeah, in and I think um, Aston Martin in general have had a couple of uh, bad weekends. I mean, they they had that podium, of course, that was taken away. Um, but uh, um, they they seem to now like sort of be lagging behind Alpine and uh, um, Alpha Tauri in the constructors' battle. With these guys really giving it everything week after week after week, I don't think Aston Martin has that consistency. Yeah, I don't. I think that's always been their problem, right? Even like before they were Aston Martin, even when they were Renault and uh, Lotus earlier, they would have like these great one-off races where they did really well. But that, like you said, that consistency was never there, right? Uh, sorry, Force India. What am I talking about? I I I, yeah. I got confused. I'm Aston Martin was Force India Force, before. Force India. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was talking about Force India. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah and, and i think uh, that that pretty much sums up my uh, key moments from the race yeah i actually want to talk about um, the number of pit stops that mercedes executed in this race and how their strategy was i don't know what it was i don't um, think they knew what it was either yeah it, it seemed like they were calling strategy on the fly right yeah um uh, also specifically um I want to talk about that last pit stop. A uh, three laps to go, they got Bottas uh, in, put him on softs, and he thought he was going for the fastest lap attempt. Only to be told, no, please abort your fastest lap attempt. 
and uh, like all of us he asked okay then what was this pit stop for and it was apparently supposedly because he had been feeling some vibrations but there were two laps to go he could have gotten to the end even if he had slowed down considering gasly was way behind him and had already been lapped by the race leader uh, so very clearly bottas was made to stop only so that hamilton could also stop take the fastest lap and still be ahead of alpine Yeah, he definitely wasn't feeling the good vibrations. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Anyway, moving on. Um, so I just want to talk about. I'm really glad for the regulations coming in next year and hopefully making uh, all of these teams more competitive because it is absolutely ridiculous that from two to three and three to four you have like a thirty-five, forty-second window where a team is able to pit their driver. Only so that the the driver that's leading in the championship has that advantage. I mean, if Hamilton wanted to pit for the fastest lap, his penalty should have been ideally that he finished in third place and not second. It's ridiculous to me that Mercedes had that much of a time advantage over the rest of the field, where they were able to make two people stop and not give up a single position. I think generally th- there were a few things at play that probably caused that. One is like the the track being as small as it was. B the the pace that Mercedes and Red Bull of Max Verstappen yeah. had. Like they were so far ahead of the field. I think at one point uh, all the top three drivers had uh, lapped every single one of the other drivers, yeah. including yeah. Gasly in P four, yeah. right? And the third thing was, of course, that Mercedes had two cars to uh, play around. No, so I mean, I get that the track was short, which is why you were able to easily lap yeah. the other drivers. But at the end of the day, you're still you've got a 25-30 second gap between P3 and P4. Agreed. That has nothing to do with track length. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like it was ridiculous. Okay. That they were able to execute yeah. such a move. It was absolutely ridiculous. And yes, I do hope that uh, the regulation change for next year gets the racing much closer. So. If you want to do something like this, you are penalized in terms of places, right? Yeah. So, like you know, like uh, Perez has stopped in the past for fastest lap, and I think he's he's not been in the top ten, so it hasn't mattered. Yeah. You know, it's 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 been for Red Bull to be like, okay, I want to take this point away from Mercedes. Correct. Correct. Uh, but to be able to get that point and hold on to that P two, uh, yeah. It's just the top three dominating, right? Yeah. There's nothing else to say. So far ahead of the rest of the field, uh, I think. Uh, It was what up to uh, P six at one point, up to P six or P seven only. That was one lap behind, and then everybody else was two laps behind. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it was it was bloody ridiculous. So looking back at this race, uh, who would you pick as your driver of the day? We all know the fans voted for Perez, but uh, who would your driver of the day be? Uh, for me, uh, without a doubt, it's Gasly. I think he's really underappreciated. What he's done uh, with with the car he has this year is just phenomenal, and he is basically doing the job of a Red Bull uh, second driver without being in a Red Bull. So. Interesting. I completely agree. He seems to be flying under the radar at the moment, at least. Uh, you know, and his. Uh, I hope his run of bad luck has come to an end. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. My driver of the day, if I had to pick someone apart from Perez and Gasly, would definitely be Charles Leclerc. For what? Sitting finishing in finishing in P five, not making a mistake, <laughs> and ensuring that Ferrari strategy doesn't mess up. Losing him a position <laughs> and ensuring he gets maximum points. 
ऑफकोर्स चार्ज लिखला एंड बींग माय ड्रायव्हर द डे मोस्ट वीकेंड्स जस्ट बिकॉज इट्स ही चार्ज लिखला बट he finished and got a decent po- haul of points for ferrari so oh, i thought you were going to say him because he didn't take gasly out in this race actually him because he probably didn't uh, cause a red flag <laughs> he was <wasn't laughs> cement to cement his uh, uh, position in qualifying at least i mean I, i'm actually surprised to seeing that because i thought ferrari in practice had so much pace that they would expect to qualify they were expecting to qualify in the second row so I actually didn't think that was going to be ever the case like mm-hmm. I feel like Ferrari uh I think Ferrari finished where they deserved to finish like I I don't think they have the pace this year to qualify or finish higher yeah uh things happen to the leaders uh being Mercedes and Red Bull and messing up that's when they get like their opportunities to like capitalize on but generally I don't think Ferrari has the pace but um, with this race max has again taken lead of the championship by just 3 points it's literally anybody's um, at this point um, yeah i hope it goes down to the wire like it's genuinely an exciting championship after a long time yeah uh, such a closely fought championship for such a long time and especially like looking forward to the next i think couple of races with the uh Italy in particular seeming to favor the Mercedes because Red Bull historically hasn't done the greatest at Monza yeah but every track we've said Red Bull hasn't historically done well this year they've gone ahead and like proved everybody wrong yeah and they've taken a massive step uh, i mean thinking back to like the season they've taken a massive step up in their in their engine so yeah you never know I, Mercedes though still has a 12 point lead uh, over Red Bull in the constructors championship uh, Valtteri's third place uh, significantly helping uh, yeah. with that yeah and i think that's what um, red bull are going to be looking for from perez to you know be finishing third fourth every week i think that's been red bull's challenge for like a couple of seasons now you know that second seat is not consistently been performing yeah. i mean if you don't consider gasly as the second seat of red bull <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah i mean i hope that changes for them just to make it that much closer you know even in terms of constructors but yeah speaking of the constructors championship ferrari is overtaken mclaren yeah. for third place um, so but i think uh, the rest of the constructors are pretty much as is there's no been no movement from the last race yeah i think aston martin perhaps slipped this week last week but uh, moving on uh, looking ahead uh, first before i get to uh, the italian grand prix and our predictions for that um Let's talk about the drivers market. Whole bunch of announcements that happened today yeah. uh, the day we're recording. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, Valtteri moving to Alfa Romeo. I think everyone sort of saw that coming although you believed that he would be moving to Williams. Yeah, to me it just uh, made more sense for him to stay in the Mercedes family, right? Like I mean, why would they not want him to be like a part of the Mercedes family and I mean, given the number of rule changes for next season, like I just felt that perhaps williams would want him more because he has more experience with that engine yeah i'm sure williams would have wanted him yeah. but he's chosen to go um, the alpha way uh, giovinazzi had a lot of uh, pressure of uh, being being told to deliver in the next couple of races because his uh, contract for next year is still a question mark um, i think he's shown what he's capable of in this race at least to begin with by qualifying in you know p7 yeah that that was an outstanding performance by him and i think 
given like better luck in the race he might have finished higher maybe even got the last point who knows right yeah. uh but yeah coming to uh, alpha tori i mean they've confirmed both confirmed their, both uh, their existing drivers again for next year yeah i don't think it would have been a healthy environment for them to have gasly and albon in the same team trying to get to that uh, red bull sec- yeah second seat <laughs> so they they are giving yuki uh, a second uh, year I was quite surprised by that. I know you weren't, uh, but uh, I was honestly quite surprised by that. I think Red Bull can't afford to develop a reputation. I mean, they already have, but I, I think they don't want to cement that uh, reputation further, saying that uh, you know they they don't give their drivers enough time. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, coming to the big 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 news, big news that was uh, uh, probably the like worst kept secret on the paddock. Pack. Uh, Mr. George Russell, Mr. Saturday, moving to uh, Mercedes, being yeah. confirmed as Mercedes's second driver, Lewis Hamilton's teammate for next season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing them uh, uh, race uh, against each other next year. I, I really hope um, uh, team orders don't come in the way, and uh, you know, it's it, it's going to be really exciting to have Norris and McLaren, um, two young drivers at Ferrari, and Russell uh, in in Mercedes. Um, really uh, battling it out up front yeah in like equal machinery after like yeah you know a while yeah um, also kids this is why uh, you should never underestimate the importance of a good powerpoint presentation <laughs> yeah it can get you to like the second seat of the mercedes formula one team i don't know i feel like it's going to change the team dynamic of mercedes oh uh, yeah i think if uh, hamilton doesn't win his eighth title this season uh especially is going to be uh very difficult for mercedes to manage i don't think things can get as bad as uh, hamilton and rosberg uh, let's hope so, not <laughs> yeah so i think toto's got some experience in that uh, regard yeah. in terms of how to manage a situation yeah so um yeah i don't know let's see i i, I mean i'm looking forward to it i genuinely didn't think they would be signing him for next season genuinely i thought he would be like at uh, williams, williams for another season uh so i am i am quite surprised pleasantly so i am really happy for him i think he deserves it for sure uh he thrashed botas when uh, he uh, one one go yeah that, in that, bahrain in bahrain when uh, he he took over from hamilton when hamilton tested positive for covid last year so with kimi retiring and botas moving to his seat and uh, George moving to Mercedes that leaves an empty seat at Williams. Yep, that's the one seat that everybody is fighting for. I think there are two drivers for sure in the hunt. Alex Al- Albon and Nick De Vries. Yeah. Uh you also have people like Hulkenberg and all being rumored to Yeah, like uh, the, the names like Hulkenberg being thrown around, but I think the two main contenders are Albon and Nick De Vries and Yeah I think Mercedes and Toto Wolff has clearly come out and said right it's up to Toto uh, it's up to Red Bull and Christian Horner and if Albon can like be let out of a contract uh, from Red Bull I think he doesn't have a problem signing Albon yeah I don't think he's going to let Nick DeVries move from Formula E uh, to Formula 1 at least as a reigning champion and and the last season for mercedes in formula e why would they not want the reigning champion to be driving right. the last season uh but what are your thoughts on that i don't know i i think that um, um 
I don't know if Red Bull uh, actually care enough about Albon to let go of his uh, contract. So uh, I still think there's a chance uh, things may swing in uh, Nick Dupree's uh, favor. And I actually am not certain about Giovinazzi holding on to his uh, seat at Alfa Romeo. Uh, they are getting uh, Bottas, an experienced driver who has been driving in F1. I'm not sure they'll want to uh, hold Re- on. Retain Giovinazzi. Yeah. So Alfa Romeo does have a couple of options. Uh, you know, even if they don't want to retain Giovinazzi, they have Zhao from Formula 2. Uh, who's currently leading the Formula 2 championship and they also have their uh, reserve and test driver Callum Elon. Yeah, and uh, Alex Albon. Yeah, if Alex Albon doesn't get the uh, seat, I think he's going for both, but uh, whatever works, right? I don't think Alfa Romeo is going to take Alex Albon. Somehow, I don't see that working well at all. I think they prefer having like one, you know, rookie driver who they can develop. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Let's see how things work out. Yeah. Okay, it's come to that point of the podcast. Um, Sutridi, what are your predictions for Monza and next weekend? Um, I uh, really hope Carlos Sainz gets to win the race, and I really hope his first race win is Monza. So this is not my prediction; it's my deepest hope for Monza. Uh, do I see it coming through? Um, not really. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, but that's what I want from Monza. Um, realistically, though, I see Red Bull dominance in terms of Max. Okay. Yeah. I actually don't. I see Hamilton really dominating. I think it's going to be Hamilton, Verstappen, and I'm unsure about P3. I don't know who's going to finish P3. This is one time where I'm not going to say Bottas. Yeah. Yeah. I think also with the, the way uh, Monza went for Ferrari last year, they're going to really want to do a better job uh, this time round. Exactly. Um, Which is why like, I'm unsure who's going to finish P3. I hope it's a non-Red Bull Mercedes uh, P3. But um, let's see. Alright, thanks so much for joining us uh, guys uh, and listening to this week's podcast. Hope to see you all next time. Thanks so much Sukriti also for joining me uh, to discuss this race and I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast very soon. Guys, you can please follow us on our social media channels. That's Late Night Drives on Twitter, LA Night Drives on Twitter and Late Night Drives Podcast on Instagram. That's LA Night Drives Podcast on Instagram to keep up with the latest updates and know when our next episode is going to be out. All right, guys, thank you so much. That's it for me for tonight and hope you have a great night. Cheers.